Hi, welcome to the Theta Gang Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Target. All right, uh, lots to talk about. Let's just jump straight into the weekly plays here. Um, shout out to Sam, who is a CS major in college that listens to the Theta Game podcast at the gym and while he drives Uber Eats part-time. Uh, I totally get the whole, you know, going to school and working thing. I That's what I did too. Um, and just knowing the fact that I'm a part of that growth that you spend, you know, while you're, you know, finding your way through college is, is, is a really cool feeling. So Sam stick in there. Um, you know, when you get that big boy paycheck, once you get a full-time job out of college, um, you'll be prepared. Moving on here. Um, I'm going to go a little bit out of order. I, this is where usually I start off with earnings, but it's just because there's so much on the table. I'm just going to go ahead and talk about, um, my plays. Um, so, Earlier this week, uh, I closed my Facebook and the trading desk position uh, out for a profit, and this is mainly due to uh, earnings. So what you do is you normally open a trade and you set that plus 50% trigger that I've mentioned over and over again. Um, But you also have to manage your risk and you have to be aware of market conditions. So for example, the trading desk and Facebook are both tech companies. Uh, Earlier this week, Netflix reported on earnings, and if Netflix had tanked, which it didn't, um, it would have been bad for my positions because Facebook, the trading desk, all of tech follows all of the other tech, right? So I wanted to protect my profits. I was okay with exiting early for 40%, um, so I took it off the table. Um, So that was that. That was a great, you know, risk management there move there. Um, I would normally advise you to not touch your position like at all. I feel like this is a common question that has been recently uh, coming up a lot on the website. People are asking, how do you manage your losers? Like, how do you just exit your trade if it's like minus 200% or uh, this or that? Um, I always say uh, you got to manage your like max loss, right? You got to account for your max loss. Um, the entire point of Theta Gang Trades is you open it and you forget it. You want to make sure that you know you set your plus 50% trigger so it does get out at a reasonable profit. But if it, the trade starts going in against you, um, you know you got to be okay with that max loss. So if you're not actually okay with taking like a minus 200 on that max loss of a 200 spread that you opened, then you're not opening the right trade for you and this is also why I always advise data gang trades to be done with a bigger bankroll right you can't do data gang trades or at least a lot of them comfortably if you only have a thousand dollars think about a thousand dollars and if you use Juni's max loss my max loss of 500 you can only do two trades and you have to actually have to win multiple times in a row uh, to start you know uh, getting more trades on the table. For example, you have a thousand bucks. You do two trades with the five hundred dollar max loss. You can only have two trades open at one time. If you collect maybe like fifty bucks on average per trade, you have to get basically ten trades in a row for you to start opening three at a time. You get what I mean? So 
right now you're probably thinking, hey, I got a thousand bucks, uh, and I also do a lot of trades. Uh, Junie, have you thought about uh, having a max loss of a hundred, and you could do ten of them at once, even with a thousand dollars in your portfolio? Um, to that, I say that's not such a great idea. Having a max loss of a hundred or maybe even like as low as 200 just isn't worth the risk that you're putting up for the premium that you are receiving. We'll go ahead and talk about this in a future episode about um, you know w what it's like to manage losers or maybe why um, you know bigger wider widths of strikes are better. But the TLDR of this is for a spread um, the more you risk in your max loss the more premium you receive and it doing theta gang trades at volume meaning like you do you know a few trades a week or you know over the year of maybe a hundred or two um it it's going to be worth it in the end if you stick with a disciplined and managed plan um just this is all going to relay back to what i mentioned earlier about managing your losers um if you exit out of your trades too early Meaning, you know, your your theta gang trades get better and better as time goes on, right? You collect more premium, you collect more theta as it gets closer to, and closer to expiration. If you find yourself managing and closing out your losers too early, you probably are closing out on those profitable trades that you just didn't give enough time on. Now imagine on the opposite side where you are just 100% uh, in the green, you're almost at max profit on one of your spreads, and you don't close it in time, then you're not capturing the optimal amount of premium while you're ahead. So this plus 50% trigger is super important, so it takes the emotions and feelings out of it. Um, you don't want to be up on a trade and then just be like, okay, well, I think I'm good for tomorrow, and then have some sort of coronavirus wipe away all your gains the next day, right? Where your trigger would have just exited out of your trade for you. Okay, and to wrap that up, I think in one line is if you are losing on a spread and if you truly have accounted for max loss, you should not close it early. Again, this rule only applies to losers. Um, I have in the past um, closed out losers early. And this is just my feedback that I've done from my hundred or so trades that I'm passing on to you guys. Don't close your losers early. If you've truly accounted for max loss, take the loss, um, but otherwise move on to the next trade. Also, I'm not a big fan of doubling down on any sort of uh, put credit spread or call credit spread position. I have never done that before, and I, I will stay not doing that because it's just not a good feeling. So r relaying all of this back, uh, that's why I closed Facebook and the trading desk early because it was a winner that I wanted to protect. Um, so Netflix did great. I would have probably been fine if I had not touched it. Uh, I would have gotten 10% more on each one, but not a big deal. I felt good about it. It gave me peace of mind, and that's all I could really ask for. Lastly, if you're a patron and you get my trade alerts, uh, and if you view my open trades on thetagang.com slash Junie, uh, you know that I have a Luckin Coffee position as well as Facebook and Ulta. Um, if you are listening to this right now, there is a patreon.com slash thetagang post um, explaining what I'm going to be doing with these positions as well as new stock picks that I'm looking at and what I'm expecting from this week's earnings.
All right, big earnings week. Everyone knows it's a big earnings week. Um, you know, so I'm just gonna read them all, uh, all the ones that you know I think are relevant, uh, and I'll go ahead and double back and give my opinion on a few of these. Uh, so here we go. Monday after close, you have Whirlpool before open on Tuesday. You have uh, 3M, McCormick, Harley Davidson. After close on Tuesday, you have Apple, AMD, Starbucks, eBay. Before open on Wednesday, you have Boeing, MasterCard, McDonald's. After close on Wednesday, you have Tesla, Microsoft, Facebook, PayPal, ServiceNow. Before open on Thursday, you have UPS, Coke, Plug Power. And after close on Thursday, you have Amazon, Visa, and EA. Before open on Friday, you have Exxon Mobil, Caterpillar, and Chevron, and Honeywell. All right, you guys know what time it is. Uh, we're going to run it back, and we're going to talk about a few of these uh, stocks that are reporting. Um, so what sticks out to me most about this week is Becky. You have Apple, Starbucks, and Facebook. Facebook is, of course, known for Instagram, uh, and you have uh, Starbucks with the pumpkin spice lattes and Apple with the newest phone, right? All right, uh, let's run it back and just talk about a few of these companies, yeah? Um, so what sticks out to me most about this earnings is Becky. So you have Apple, you have Starbucks, and also Facebook for Instagram, right, uh, reporting. Um, let's, just, let's just double back on... Apple real quick. So Apple has a lot of pressure to report well. It has had a major run this year. It's at like near at its all-time high and you know its services revenue is increasing. Uh, maybe its phones are not doing as hot but they do have a flagship model that's supposed to come out this year. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, so there's just a lot on the line for Apple because it basically leads tech right now, especially because it's reporting first. If you have any tech stock, like anything to do with tech, just be aware that Apple earnings exist. Um, definitely make sure that if you're green on any of your uh, positions, that you acknowledge that Apple is reporting and that it could negatively affect your green position. That is not to say that I am a guru and I know that Apple is going to have a pullback because I don't know. No one knows. Google doesn't know. Those analysts don't know. No one knows. But what I'm just saying is manage your winners appropriately. If you're happy with your gains, just take them. Uh, and if Apple dips, you're just laughing. Uh, and if Apple rises, hey, you made money, whatever. Um, so that's Apple. Uh, oh, Apple. Oh, sorry, I just got. I got. Just got to talk about it a little bit more. Apple has done a lot of buybacks, right? A lot of stock buybacks. Uh, Apple has a lot of free cash flow too, uh, meaning like it has just a lot of cash laying around. So you know, people will think that maybe Apple has had a huge run up, but that might have been just an actualization of how valuable Apple really is. It has a lot of cash laying around, um, and I, dude, does. I don't even know. Does Apple, bruh, and yeah, it even has a dividend. So I just can't imagine, you know, it, it pulling back too far. 
I know that I would myself would be down to pick it up at 300. I would not mind. So, you know, maybe I start running the wheel on Apple, but that's still up to debate. I still got to think about it, think on it. Um, but I'll go ahead and revisit the idea and, you know, my Patreon people will know. But moving on, we have Starbucks. Starbucks is doing great. Um, lots of growth. Uh, just you, you can't really go wrong with Starbucks. Starbucks also has a dividend. Uh, and it's also a brand name, right? Um, you can't not know about Starbucks and exist in this world. And while, you know, you might have a lot of tech stock, um, you know, Starbucks is really cool because it's, I don't know what realm it's in, like food and beverage. Is that even a, is that even an industry? Like, what do you call Starbucks? Because the way I view it, and this is from a software level, I think Starbucks is almost like a tech stock, right? Like, you have the Starbucks app, and I low-key, Chipotle is about to turn into a tech company too, but that's, that's a story for whenever they report earnings. Um, the Starbucks app is great. Uh, I don't have it. My coworker has it. He lives by it, and I've seen it. And it's, I mean, it's good enough. I never drink at Starbucks, by the way. Um, but that's just me. Um, anyway, Starbucks, pretty stable. It's only gone up, uh, just like many of the stocks that I'm talking about right now. Um, and with a dividend, and just, you know, if you needed portfolio diversification, like maybe you just don't want to be in tech and I'm doing air quotes here like a crazy madman in my room, um, then maybe you pick up a food and beverage stock like Starbucks, right? All right, and let's talk about Facebook. Facebook, I'm, dude, honestly, Facebook, one of these days is going to announce a dividend, and I want a piece of it. There's just no way it does not happen. It makes too much money, and it's too big for it not to do it. Um, it'd be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, for it to be like the first social media site to do a dividend. Uh, I feel like that would really establish the stock. Um, but I don't know when it's coming. I don't know if it will ever come. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a it would be pretty, pretty dope. Let's move on to another stock like McDonald's. Um, you know, McDonald's has done well during every recession. Uh, and so, you know, getting maybe, uh, or not getting, like diversifying your portfolio, uh, with McDonald's uh, would probably be a good move if you wanted to put some your capital to use somewhere. Uh, it does pay a dividend, so you'll be lowering your break even uh, every quarter you hold it. Um, but yeah, if you want to diversify, maybe go into a consumer, like a food, again, another food and beverage, like maybe you already have Starbucks, uh, so maybe you don't need to go in McDonald's or vice versa. Um, but diversification is always nice. Um, so McDonald's is a good choice. Uh, after close on Wednesday, um, you also have Tesla. Uh, Tesla, super crazy short squeeze that's been happening. No one knows what's going to happen. I'm not going to touch it with the 10-foot pole, but um, really, uh, it's going to have lots of premium on it with volatility. Don't get tempted by it. Just don't play it. It's too binary. Uh, your max loss is going to literally be a 50-50, and no matter how much premium you can receive for going way out the money, that max loss will be a 50-50. It's literally a coin toss. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Way too scary. Um, just, just don't do it. 
So since the beginning of this year, uh, Amazon has slowly crept back up. It's looking to want to cross the 2000 mark. However, it's been rejected from 1900 multiple times. Uh, any stock investor in Amazon is going to look for this earnings to finally break through 1900 and have a clear way to get to the 2000 resistance. Um, Amazon, you know, I'm pretty bullish on Amazon, though I'm not bullish enough to play any options on it. Um, I've done well with Amazon earnings in the past. I just don't feel it this time. Um, so, you know, consumer spending is great. Uh, retail reports this year say the consumer is strong. However, holiday sales have gone down. We'll see if Amazon took that share. If it did, then that'd be pretty good for the stock. Um, but otherwise, yeah, Amazon for me, it's a little bit too 50-50. Lastly, uh, I think Visa is going to be the sleeper for the next decade. Um, Visa has already had an incredible run up, so I'm just waiting for the dip to happen. Um, again, Visa with its Plaid acquisition is a big move. It's going to let it compete with PayPal and its Venmo. It's going to let it compete against Square with its Cash App. Um, credit cards are everywhere. Everyone owns a Visa. It also pays a dividend. Uh, you can imagine that, hey, maybe if the there was a recession, people would use their Visa cards less, but everyone still has them. Um, <laughs> It's 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 just funny, you know. You got you got really just buy what you believe in. Do you think Visa is going to disappear one day? Maybe in like a hundred years, maybe. Um, but otherwise, everyone owns a Visa card, and so maybe you can't say like everyone uses eBay. Maybe everyone uh, doesn't uh, use or have a Tesla, right? But everyone uses a Visa, and that's the mentality you got to have on holding some of these stocks is that how many people use it? Is it going to help your thesis when trying to hold on to the stock? Um, and, you know, you just got to you just got to go for the low hanging fruit there. You're going to maybe get tempted to buy some sort of, uh, you know, smaller cap stock uh, just because someone has promised you high growth on it and you're going to be holding it and it's going to start dipping or plummeting or correcting and you're going to start questioning yourself like you know i don't think this is a good stock to hold anymore i'm going to go ahead and sell it uh see that's that's how you lose money in the stock market is when you sell for lower it's really simple to make st uh, money in the stock market you buy low and you sell high it's just hard to it's hard for people to look at a negative number on their PNL, um, and you know, I hope that I could help alleviate that problem as you listen more and more to the podcast. But again, you want to be holding stock that you have a firm thesis on, and that firm thesis better not be two lines of due diligence that you read from a discussion thread, because that's not going to make you hold the stock when it goes down. You need to firmly believe in the company to hold it, plain and simple. Okay, uh, that was a bit of a doozy, um, but it was a packed uh, earnings. Um, just again, uh, as a post note, earnings are dangerous. Make sure that you're only playing with earnings uh, if you are ready to lose the money that you put in, because otherwise the gains are pretty nice, but definitely expect to lose your money 
for no reason because no one has to give you a justification if the stock goes up and you're shorting it uh, and no one has to give you justification if the stock goes down and you're long on it you can give me all the paragraphs all the articles all the evidence to point that Apple will destroy earnings or bomb earnings and I still will never play it just because no one knows no one knows so plan accordingly okay uh, moving into the new website updates um, there's quite a bit of updates since the last episode um, there's charts now so you can go to you know type on the search bar on thetagain.com like FB you'll go to Facebook and you'll see a graph and you'll see the latest price you can zoom in and out of the graph uh, it's brought to you by TradingView um, and what's best about this is not only do you see the price and the graph and everything but you also see uh, trades right like if you haven't used a search bar on thetagain.com I highly suggest you do uh, it takes you to the sim or the stocks page, and you get to see trades for that stock that others have done. So if you need stock ideas or trade ideas, um, that's definitely the way to do it. Um, second, this one's a bit smaller of a feature. Uh, the custom ticker messages on the header on top of the website are now randomly ordered. So if you're a patron that signed up a little bit later than everyone else, um, your message now has a fair and equal chance of being read uh, for people that are on there for a quick visit. Because I know uh, some people were worried that you know some people wouldn't be able to see their message just because it's one of the few last ones maybe on the ticker. But now they're random. So everyone will get the chance to see everybody's message so this next feature is more of a user experience improvement um, but is brought to you by uh, a user named crispy cream boy um, he found it a little bit confusing at the uh, strikes section of the uh, when you create a trade um, he originally put negative one and one for his short and long put uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just go ahead and use the website and, and you know dabble with the trade builder. Um, but what he's noticed was that those were actually strike prices. And so someone that's new joining Theta Gang that doesn't quite know how to do Theta Gang trades, he mistaked it as um, quantity. Uh, so that has been addressed by you can no longer put negative strikes. Um, and you can't put letters there just so that you don't get confused. Um, but that should alleviate some of the user experience or better the user experience for uh, first-time members, right? Or first-time people that are putting the trade. It's improvement like these that make ThetaGang.com enjoyable as, as much as it's enjoyable, right? I think it's a great experience to enter trades. I love inputting my trades in. I think it's really fun. I think, you know, not looking at a form is really great. I, I hate looking at forms. I hate filling out forms, but this feels more interactive and feels uh, it feels better, right? And this only gets better as you guys use it more uh, and you guys are giving me more feedback on it. And so I'm always open to feedback. I'm always learning. Uh, so definitely uh, feel free to reach out at me at juniathetagain.com with any of these user experience um, improvements that I can make for you guys because I want to make your guys' life easier and trading life better, right? Last and foremost, uh, this is a user experience improvement um, that I put in. Um, there is no longer a default date. I felt I found that people would uh, just skip the first step, not pick an expiration, um, and it would just be a bad expiration date for the trade, and I'll have to edit a few of them. Um, but that just didn't feel good. So what I'm going to be doing instead is I'm going to force you to pick one, 
and uh, it can no longer actually be any date in the past. This is just to discourage backlogging. There are a few people every uh, few days uh, that come on the site and they backlog trades, right? They they um, they input trades and they immediately close them and say, uh, this is why I won on these trades. Um, this is to not so much combat that, but more discourage that behavior just because um, trades should be opened uh, right after they get executed, right? Like you go on Robinhood, you go on Tastyworks, you uh, execute a trade, very first thing you should do is go to thetagame.com and put that trade in. Um, and then when you close it, you go back to that trade whenever you do, maybe a few days later, and then you close it. And so when you look at the trade uh, later, people are going to be looking at the open date and the close date. And if there isn't a sufficient amount of time between the two, then the trade doesn't look genuine. It doesn't feel genuine. If you're constantly only posting winners uh, that are uh, just open and closed on the same day, but were done in the past, it's shady because it, you know, it shows that you're probably only inputting the trades that you've won on. And that doesn't really help anybody, right? So t the best trades, I think, in my opinion, are the ones that have really good opening notes and the best closing notes, uh, no matter if it's a win or loss. This isn't a competition. And maybe in the future there is some UX decisions where I take away the win and loss ratio and I um, maybe even take away the PNL. But posting your winning trade after you close it is infinitely less cool than if you posted it and then a few days later closed it than when you did. Um, it's a way bigger flex because what it tells us is that you believed in this trade and you did this trade and believed in it so wholeheartedly that you're going to post it publicly and you're going to own up to it later. Not finish the whole trade and then decide on your own, hey, I won on this one. So I'm going to go and input uh, this trade on the website and then close it and then say how I won. Right? There's a huge difference. And as soon as you get across that hump where you are uh, opening trades first and then closing it and then reporting that you closed it the day you do, uh, that's the day you really start um, getting comfortable with actually trading and you're not too worried about uh, your P&L. So as I close this section off, the new website update section, uh, I just want to say you can absolutely uh, upload your winners and only your winners. You dictate how you use the platform. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but I'm going to just leave you with this. I think people enjoy my podcast um, you know, my trades and just my methodology of trading because real recognizes real. I think one of the main reasons why people enjoy uh, the Theta Game podcast and website and me and my trades is because I show you everything. I show you my losers, I show you my winners, and I for sure as hell show you my trades before I close them. Uh, and I, I let it all out there. Some people, you know, even in my own Discord, maybe sometime mentioned that, like, they don't like the trade that I'm about to do. And I do it anyway because I believe in it. And I show everybody that I entered. I put my name on that trade. I put it out there for the world, uh, at least for my patrons, I guess. <laughs> but I stand by my trades. And you guys should, too. It makes you better. If you're constantly worried about how other people think of your trading, 
it's going to have too much of a cognitive load on you to actually execute your strategy well. I don't care if all of my next 10 trades are going to be losses. I don't care. I'm not in this to make money. I'm doing this literally as a hobby that I'm just learning more and more of. And I'm enjoying every single second of it. And I'm thankful for everyone that supports me. But if you are in it to make money, you have to detach yourself away from any sort of thing to do in the stock market. Uh, this is just a really quick, quick, quick ramble. You need to better yourself first before you go into the market thinking you need to make money uh, to make a lot of money. That is a very dangerous pattern to come into the stock market with, is being desperate to make money. It is okay to be desperate to learn and to be hungry, but it is another thing to be desperate and hungry for money and looking at the stock market to relieve that. Nothing in this world will ever replace a paycheck. Make sure you are getting paid. Make sure you are uh, only playing with uh, money that you are afford that you can afford to lose. You can imagine that how many losers you would exit early if you were playing with your life savings, right? Because you're scared because uh, that's all you got left. If you are not working, options are extremely dangerous. And that's why people um, usually transfer their any of their options or stocks into bonds and CDs, right? Ooh, I get so passionate when I talk about this stuff, dude. I am every this energy the energy I bring to this podcast is how I feel when I'm listening to Joji while I code for ThetaGame.com. I'm just literally releasing all of my stress from the week into the podcast. <laughs> you could definitely tell when I've had a stressful week, but I can cool it down. Uh, we're going to head into today's topic with put credit spreads. I hope you enjoyed my little rambles. I know some people do a lot uh, more than others. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening uh, for for that really, really long uh, prelude to today's topic. But let's jump into it. So we are just bordering 30 minutes uh, and about to start today's topic, which is probably a new record. I probably uh, need to stick to the script better, but there's all these nuggets of gold that you're going to find out on the internet. I feel like this episode is a nugget for uh, people that are just looking for content. So um, anyway, (laughs) Um, put credit spreads. They are a bullish strategy. You would employ this when you are bullish on a stock. For example, let's say Apple is trading at a hundred dollars, and uh, you know you're bullish on it, and you've heard about these credit spreads that Junie's always pitching, and you want to open a put credit spread. Uh, what you would most likely do is maybe look two weeks into the future for the expiration date, uh, and then sell the 95 put and buy the 90 call. And real quickly, just like I do on all other episodes, let's talk about all the cases where you do win on this position, and then let's talk about why. Uh, You win on a put credit spread if it goes down, sideways, or up. Wow, imagine that. That sounds so good, right? So if you guys know how short naked puts work, or if you know uh, how you know put or put debit spreads work. You know that if your option is out of the money, uh, then if you're on the buy side, uh, you're, well, pretty much out of your money. Uh, if you are on the sell side, you get to keep the premium that you kept or that you got in the beginning of the trade. 
So for this 95.90 put credit spread for Apple that you bought for two weeks in the future, if say maybe in two weeks Apple dips down to you know at expiration day maybe down to um, 95.05, right? It's like five cents away from being in the money. Well, that f maybe forty dollars that you collected. Uh, at the beginning of the trade because you opened up a credit spread will you keep all of that and um, if the stock trades flat maybe they say Apple trades at you know because it was trading at $100 uh, Apple trades at 101 maybe it's gone up just a little bit or maybe it trades at 99 maybe it's gone down a little bit well uh, the 95 expired out of the money so you still keep your 40 bucks and let's say for example Apple moons it has a great earnings report or something Wow you still keep your 40 bucks so the biggest takeaway for a put credit spread is you only lose if the stock goes down but here's the better catch of it is that you only lose if the magnitude is like big enough meaning you have to um, maybe guess the general direction of the stock um, but put credit spreads puts you in a position where you don't have to guess the magnitude where if you did a put debit spread Then you would need it to go above or below 95, right? But a put credit spread puts you on the sell side so you can trade flat up or just maybe a little bit down and So that puts you in a position to be more profitable um, You know or more probable I don't want to say profitable because that's a little bit misleading but more probable to win because you have more more scenarios where you can win and I know I talk very fast and maybe you guys can grasp some of what I say but let me go and recap that one more time because I know you're driving in traffic and sweeping and swerving um, so a put credit spread bullish uh, example was getting a 95.90 put credit spread on Apple that expires in two weeks and you collect $40 on it. If Apple is trading at 95.01 on expiration day, you keep the 40 bucks, meaning it had dropped $4.99, 5%, almost 5%, and you kept all of your money or kept all of the premium that you received, right? You are up 40 bucks. If Apple trades sideways, maybe it go it whips up and down, up and down, but it's like ultimately sideways. You still keep the forty bucks. Apple kills earnings or kills some holiday numbers, and Apple moons. You still keep the forty bucks. It's it's such a good strategy for a beginning fading member to do, just because it puts you in so many winning scenarios. Um, and if you do it properly, meaning you target the correct probability of profit, you use a good broker like Tastyworks, shameless plug, um, then you're going to have a good time because you're going to be you're going to feel more control, you're going to feel more relaxed uh, because you don't have to guess again the magnitude. Guessing the magnitude puts you in such a stressful situation. I remember the times when I did used to buy options, like for example, put debit spread. Maybe I thought a company would start dipping from a massive rise. Uh, like for example, like the big, like the beginner Junie would have probably looked at the AMD graph right now and say, "Oh, it has to go down to f like 47 at least." I mean, look at the P and E; it's so high. Uh, look at just 
look at the graph, it's so parabolic, it has to correct. So I'm going to buy the 47.45 put debit spread. AMD is currently trading at 50 bucks. Um, you know, and maybe uh, AMD dips, uh, and AMD dips to like 47.50, and I, you know, I, uh, I bought the 47.45, and uh, my options expire worthless because at the end of it, you know, AMD still dropped two and a half bucks, but I'm out of my money. Uh, I didn't guess the magnitude correctly, um, so. And then, you know, if you're a beginner trader, that's when you start to ask, how come AMD didn't go down as far as I thought it would? Uh, how, you know, AMD is such a poop company. Um, you know, you got to, you know, just think that you're a, a poo-poo head to think that this is going to keep going up. It puts you in a bad mindset, okay, in any direction. If you uh if you buy a call debit spread, you also have to guess the correct magnitude going up, right? And say the company doesn't go all the way up like it's supposed to, for example. And this is digressing from put credit spreads, by the way. Uh, but you buy a call debit spread, which is an episode we've covered already. Um, but just to illustrate the point, Apple is trading at 100. You buy a call credit or call debit spread for 105, 110. Apple goes up. Four and a half percent to 104.50, and but your calls still expire worthless because it's out of the money. You're gonna think, oh man, Apple sucks. Well, who would want to invest in this company? It only has a dividend and lots of free cash flow. Ugh, it's so gross. See, it it messes you up. Don't get in the mindset where you care about the magnitude, and trading becomes so much better. And then you're going to realize that hey. You know what you're trying to fill your void with is not money, but it's a feeling of winning, right? I think winning is the fun part of trading for me. I think that's why I enjoy theta gang so much. I don't care about the massive win and then have several losers and then the massive win. I like consistently winning, uh, but with a system where if I do have a loss, it's accounted for and I know that's going to happen or that I adjusted for it or I planned for it, right? Um, not that I know that's going to happen because I don't know anything and neither does anyone. Um, but yeah, uh, just selling options like the put credit spread is an excellent way to start day to gain trades. It is my favorite trade uh, to do. It's a little bit scary at times. For example, with this coronavirus going around and the macro market is looking to go down. However, the main reason I, I like put credit spreads, and if you do it far enough in the future, is that the stock market, if you just zoom all the way out, what direction does it go? I mentioned this on last podcast, but this is the episode where it really brings it home. The market generally goes up. So if you sell these put credit spreads consistently enough, smartly enough, <laughs> 200 IQ statement, um, then you're going to have a good time. Because you're not selling call credit spreads. You're not basing your guesses on uh, a direction uh, that's unfavorable or unfavorable, right? Because as the stock market generally goes up, call credit spreads get more and more dangerous. For example, if you sold, sold call credit spreads on Apple or AMD just because it's gone up a lot, well, it kept on going. And Oh, just look at Tesla, right? Tesla killed anybody that sold calls. 
Just because a stock goes up a lot doesn't mean it has to come down. That is an entire episode where I just want to ramble and vent on, but I'll save that for later. Um, but yeah, put credit spreads are great because stocks, they don't go down very often. And that's what you're playing on for Theta Gang is that you're selling a risk-defined trade, a put credit spread. You're not selling a naked put, though a naked put is defined technically. Uh, but uh, I'll go ahead and describe that when we uh, go to the, the wheel episode. Um, but put credit spreads, again, risk-defined. Uh, they put you in a majority of positions to win because uh, if you're bullish on any stock, uh, it, tra it gives you – a profit if it trades flat even if it trades a little bit down uh, but it gives you absolutely full profit if it goes up so mindset is good trade set is good uh, definitely a number one spot on my favorite trade to enter small disclaimer uh, here uh, put credit spreads are my favorite trade at least I thought um, though I think selling naked puts might be my new tr uh, favorite trade or aka the wheel um, that's just because I'm in a different time frame or a different timeline than I used to be. Um, you know, when I was <laughs> when I was younger, I I'm, I know I'm still young, but when I was younger, um, I was very interested in you know just getting really comfortable with options, learning about options, um, and just you know just executing a lot of options, getting getting my hands dirty. Um, but as I'm getting older, uh, I want to go long on stock and just start planning on holding. So this selling naked puts is a little bit better for me in the long run just because I'm not using put credit spreads as a source of income. I'm using short naked puts to enter a long position on stock instead. And that's the wheel, and that will be a future episode. Thanks. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, that was a long episode. Uh, I hope everyone is still alive. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this right now, I just want to say thank you to the bottom of my heart for always just listening to the podcast. Um, I see everyone just like vibing, uh, getting along with each other on the website. That brings uh, a warm feeling to my heart. Uh, I've seen really cool interactions on the website where people help each other out with picking strikes and expirations and even helping with some pretty advanced concepts. I see you guys, the people that are helping out. I, I noticed that, and I keep tabs on that, so thank you. Uh, please keep doing so. Um, but that wraps it up. This is the outro. Um, I want to go ahead and give a extended shout-out to – I have – this list is getting – huge dude um uh, extended shout outs to able option options tc har 94 fox 624 simon says ryzen 1020 saeed 1973 leo jetson master john z hp larry funding secured 69 angry penguin associate k hellbent 88 moist towelet whippy 123 so dr muji 321 anthony 511 andrew ec kim l finkel mitch brady 7 mark james it make more 2 abrodio rice mr iv mr john pitchko ptr the iron man false van trader Sirium's hash brown 441 bears tank dad mike d monkey 48 and sam's for great state of texas wow this is a lot of people <laughs> that believe in theogain.com um not to say that that's a bad thing but wow i feel super good uh losing my voice to that list or losing my breath 
you yourself can be on this list uh, by signing up for the $50 or $60 tier as the $20, $30, $40 tier is all sold out. Uh, being on Patreon gives you a flare, gives you a message on the site banner, allows you to view my open trades, as well as receive SMS and Twitter notifications because that's coming soon. Um, and Patreons are Patreons. Patrons also get uh, early access to due diligence and get to vote for podcast episodes and extra stuff uh, that just haven't been thought of yet. I'm constantly adding to that list, and if you enter at a tier, you will be grandfathered into that price for a, however long Theta Gang exists. Um, you know, I imagine the again the price of this service being capped around 200. So if you're this early, hold on to it. Uh, it's gonna be worth a lot in the future. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral is a huge help. Um, I will also hook you up with a cherry emoji flare and uh, SMS alerts for a month if you sign up with the Theta Gang uh, referral code. Um, if you qualify with a U.S. account and 2K minimum deposit, uh, then uh, yeah, we'll go and get you set up with that. Um, otherwise. Thank you so much for just using the website, giving feedback, helping others, or just uh, getting some sick trade ideas and you know incorporating Theta Gang style trades into your workflow. I feel like the more you learn about selling options, the more viable it becomes in your you know arsenal. Uh, just because you know selling uh, options is pretty scary if you look on it from the outside, because buying it already is pretty complicated. But Hopefully, as you listen, uh, as we both learn from each other, uh, we'll get better and better at trading just in general. So thank you for every, <laughs> thank you <laughs> for uh, trusting me in bringing you the best, uh, you know, option platform out there, option logging platform out there. Um, it's really fun. I enjoy every single second of it. And honestly, thank you to all the patrons that make this possible, that make it worth the time to work on it. I feel super excited every time I open up my terminal, when I get home from work, when I go to the coffee shop on the weekend. Um, you know, I I can't I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you.